welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Enjoying my victory Monday. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. We're leading the AFC North. That we are. At two and two. <laughs> but hey, That's it okay. feels good. It feels good. 500. It's a clean slate from here on out. The rest of the season is in our hands. Well, we control our own destiny. Well, it's, it's also that. We're in first place. We're tied on record with the Ravens, but we have the head-to-head advantage now. And I think our schedule's easier the rest of the way. We just won the hardest game on our division schedule. We just won the hardest game on our division schedule. Probably, maybe the second hardest game on our schedule. Maybe. I don't know. Ravens, I think the jury's out on the Ravens. That defense isn't much. We put up over 500 yards on the Ravens. I mean, like that defense is... Not like, great. We we executed well in offense. I like to think that's a classic Ravens defense, and the Browns are just that good. But I it's hear not what the you're case. saying. I don't it's, think so. It's not the case. I think it's actually though. It might be the second hardest team on our schedule because it's a testament to how easy the rest of our schedule is. Like we got the 49ers, they're three and zero. We got the Seahawks. We got the Patriots. After that, you've it, got the Bills. If you believe in the Bills, that defense is legit. Yeah, it Buffalo, is. But, but so is ours, and it's not a stretch to think that we could potentially win. We're not going to, but could win all of those games. Um, someone who's really excited about this week is your favorite Browns fan and ours, our grandfather, Shondor Kuhn. Uh, we always want to give him a call, especially when we beat our bitter division rivals, the Ravens. So we got a few um, awesome tidbits from him. So let's throw to that conversation. Hello. Hey, Grandpa, it's Matthew. Hey, Matthew. How are you? Well, I'm uh, pretty good. Uh, Feeling pretty good? Feeling pretty good after that win yesterday? Oh, yeah, that that was was super. I mean, your dad called me right away, and I couldn't have have been any happier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it was was, was something. I mean, that that chump, he was was just uh, fantastic. You know, he was... uh, I mean, this guy was just—he uh, he was not to be denied. You know, he was—he was just uh, terrific. Yeah. You know, nice to nice to see nice to see him running like he's supposed to. You know, and he, I mean, on uh, uh, that one run, he broke through, broke three tackles on one touchdown he made, and uh, it's, it's nice to see the Browns coming around like that. I, I think that it was a it was a turning point in the game for him. If they would have if they would have dumped down that. Uh, with the Ravens there, I think their their season might have been all the way down the dumper. Um, yeah, I mean we're in first place now in in the AFC North. I, yeah, I know. I uh, I only I guess it's only because we're we're one and all in the division. I guess otherwise we're we're tied with the with the Ravens. But well, I always said you know you know like uh, they were like Beckman wasn't doing. They didn't get too much action. You know well. Well, I mean that's that's there's nothing wrong with that because if if they're if they're double teaming him, that means that Landry or somebody's available, you know, and uh, and they, uh, he's just as valuable getting double teamed as he is to make a big place. No, absolutely, yeah. yeah, it's true. He was clearly pissing them off though, Grandpa. Did you see that Ravens player choking Odell Beckham Jr. on the ground? Yeah. And that's that's what they had. That's what they had. Uh, offsetting penalties. Was it? <laughs> I think one, I think one yeah. of them was a little bit worse than the other. 
<laughs> Would it have still be uh, offsetting penalties if Odell Beckham had lost consciousness? <laughs> I, that I don't know. <laughs> One would have to be one penalty would have to be worse than the other, right? You you would think <laughs> but, so at that point. Well, nothing made me happier than to beat the living hell out of them Ravens in their own stadium, and I mean not just squeak by. I mean beat the hell out of them. Uh, I mean this this made this made my whole day. I mean, I I could just see that hard rover. I could just uh, I could just see him seething, you know, and it was just so nice to see that instead of him glowering because they were beating the Browns. <laughs> I was reading, I went in the Baltimore paper, the Baltimore Sun, I think, I like to see what their scribes are saying about him, you know, and they're, 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 they're really uh, lambasting their, their defense, you know, saying how, how awful it was and everything, you know. And I love to, re- I, I love to see what these hometown papers are saying. And I was, I really got up early, like during, I went on the, went on the internet and got the, got the scoop on these, uh, you know, from what their scribes are saying about the team, you know. Nothing too good. They were, they were really him. What do you think looking forward to next week against the 49ers? Have you gotten to watch the 49ers at all? I haven't I haven't done anything so far about the 49ers. I'm sure re- reveling on the win yesterday. <laughs> but uh, uh I uh, I don't know. I don't know too much about it. I uh uh I would think that the the Browns would have a little bit of momentum going in there, I think. Uh you know these they, these Forty ers they were off they were off this week and then they they don't play till next Monday, and so you know that could bode well for them and it could uh, not you know you never know. Right. So. Both of our wins this year have come on the road. We're we're traveling out to San Francisco to play the Forty ers um, so that that'll be interesting to watch. What do you well, you've been in Cleveland at games a bunch? Why do you think this team is struggling at home? I I don't know. I, I you know, and they really well they, they just happened to be two of the early games there when they just weren't cohesive enough. I think, but they got to win in front of the people that are paying to see them, and by and you know. They gotta, they gotta win at home, and they've they've lost at home. Uh, it, that doesn't say that they're not going to fill the stadium next time after after the way they played here. But they just have to put it together and and get these fans crazy at home when they win. You know, and there's you know when they when they win a big game at home, they, these fans are tearing the place apart. You know, they're so deliriously happy. You know? The Browns fans are some of the best fans in the country. And uh, I, I, you know, I believe that. I mean, these guys, these these Cleveland Browns fans, they live and die with them. You know, they've they've suffered long enough. You know, the tide has to turn. The tide has to turn. You can't you can't be downtrodden and beat all the time. The worm turns. And by God, uh, I think that the, we're on the road to better things. Better things. I think so too. Yeah. All right, are you coming up here for Thanksgiving? No, I don't think so, guys. I, uh, it's it's just a too. It's a bad. I know your dad dad one is too, but it's a, it's a bad holiday to be driving on, and uh, it's it's just 
you know, it's, it's a two-day drive for us to get up there now. It's, uh, I think we're going to pass on it. I haven't talked to your dad, but it's, it's, it's a lot of driving for us, you know. They'll see you on Thanksgiving up here. <laughs> yeah, well, you, 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 you probably weren't listening. <laughs> so, well, we'll see, guys. All but, right. All right. Well, uh, en- enjoy the rest of this guys. game. Okay, go Browns. All right, go Browns. Love you, Grandpa. <laughs> Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye. You guys putting any money down on whether Grandpa makes it up to Thanksgiving or not? So he always does this. It's it's always the same song and dance. It's no, no, no. We could never. We uh, we can't do it. And then he's there. (laughs) I hope he comes. So I mean, I I don't know. Maybe this year's different. But Nancy's got him going places. I. We're fairly loyal. It's there's a lot of loyalty in our blood, and like if he'll it, be here, it, I think it. I think it's probably going to happen. He'll be here. Yeah. I hope so. He's about the most spry and sprightly eighty-something-year-old I've ever met. So if anyone can make that drive, I bet it's him. Um, so yeah, we can Mike, just come up with a project for him to work on. Exactly. That's like the yeah, carrot to draw him up here. <laughs> we'll make something up. Hey, Grandpa, Matthew needs. Uh, uh, we got to put an addition on our house. Air filter changed. (laughs) (laughs) He's really confused as to how it works. Um, So Michael mentioned it at the beginning of the pod. It is Victory Monday. Very, very exciting. We are 2-2. The Ravens are 2-2. We are sitting atop the AFC North. If the season ended right now, we would be in the playoffs um, in that wild card Playing the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah? In the wild card spot. Yeah, in the first game. I I looked up that today. Yeah, well, it's true. Um, last time we were on top of the division was 2014, I believe. Week 10, 2014. Um, we ended up losing the rest of the games. Was that when we were 7-4 and four yeah. after beating the Falcons? I think we were 7-4 and four after... It was after beating the Falcons that we had the best record. Josh Gordon's first game back after we were his suspension. There. We were there. It's we like there, the happiest picture of the three of us plus dad that yeah. we've ever taken. <laughs> was that the last Browns win we saw live? I think that one came before the yes. Titans game. No. No, the Titans game was earlier in that year. Was it? Yeah. So that was the last win we've seen. Oh, my gosh. In that's person. horrible. Gone to a game every year. <laughs> <laughs> At least one every year. At yeah. least one. Yeah. <gasps> well, they didn't pull it out when we were in L- or in Cleveland for the L.A. game, but they pulled it out this week, and we're sitting atop the division. It's fantastic. Um, Baker finally felt like he was in rhythm. He was looking good. The offense as a whole just looks so much better. It And it definitely did resemble what we saw at the end of last year. Like There was just a lot of different looks. You didn't see any one thing though, you know, consistently. I felt like I just, we were pre-snap motion. Like we we had wide receivers in motion that like you're you're just giving the defense another thing to think about, and we didn't force feed Odell. I mean, he got I think seven targets, two catches, but the, none of the catches came before the fourth quarter. He got his looks and he had an impact. It just wasn't catching the football. I mean, a huge impact. I mean. He was getting double covered the entire day, which is why Jarvis Landry was wide open over the middle, why Ricky Seals-Jones got like completely left alone as he like streaked down the sideline for that 50-yard catch. But, and, on, and the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was wasn't. Thing. But more than double covered, it wasn't Bill Belichick double covered. It was their best cornerback with a safety over the top. Like That's taking away two defenders. Their best defender 
on the edge as well as a safety. That's a huge impact. And then he draws all those flags. Uh, There's at least two illegal contact yep. holding penalties. Should have been more, that, probably. That he drew yeah. for us. That's a huge impact. It's an asset, a yeah. diversion. And opening things up for the rest of the plays. And he was blocking his tail off, too, on some of those plays. Like, oh, on yeah. some of those long runs. Where Jarvis had the ball. That Jarvis, like, triple option play, which was an awesome play, which he had an option to pitch it to Odell. I love which, that. The shovel pass, is that what you're saying? It was, was a shovel, shovel. So it was a shovel, an inside shovel to Odell, but they were both coming in motion across the formation. And so when Landry came out to the outside, he had Odell as a pitch option on that play. Yeah. And whoever the defender on the outside was definitely bit towards Odell, which allowed Landry the edge I mean, to go all the way down the field. This was what Freddie was doing last year. I mean, all these crazy play calls, like the triple reverse pass by Odell. To Damian Rally, who I'm, should have been I am still pissed at Damian Rally and will never forgive him for not catching that ball because that would have been an absolute blast. Baker threw an interception later on in that drive, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, but th- like there were some creative options. I want to from- know what happened this week if there was a change in process, if there was um, like what led to the play calls looking so differently, or did we just kind of get into the rhythm of this game better? And we finally are just kind of working out the kinks, you know, like I did it take us three games to figure out how to work with this personnel package. We didn't have a star wide receiver last year. So we kind of had to work with gadget plays and things like that and kind of mix it up. And then I think maybe early in the season, we probably tried to force feed Odell a little bit, realizing that that was a, you know, a good plan for victory, which is like if all else fails, throw it to Odell. But I think we might have relied on that a little too much. And maybe we just figured out, oh, what we were doing works. Whoever's open, whatever the defense is giving us, let's take that. And it seemed like we were just taking what the defense was giving us much more than we had in weeks one through three. Yeah, I think that it could also be this defense just aligned with our skill set. I don't think the Ravens defense is as good as they've been. And the scheme that they run, running a lot of single high works really favorably with our offense we like to work the seams we like to hit the slot hit the tight end up the seam i I like our matchup against that unit versus some of the other units that we've seen so far in the first three weeks i mean they this defense is this ravens defense is supposed to have a phenomenal secondary and i will say even though Marlon Humphrey was like had a few penalties and was definitely getting real chippy with Odell Beckham, and that's another conversation we'll address, but he did lock Odell down pretty well. Like he had great coverage throughout there. Um, but the secondary as a whole really was not that impressive. They're supposed to have a good secondary, but they have not played well so far this year. Jimmy Smith's been out with injury, which is. Um, it is what it is, and you, you can't judge him for that. But the rest of that secondary has not played well. Earl Thomas has not looked good so far this season. He looked slow. You saw in that Nick Chubb run where he broke away. Earl Thomas was was nowhere close to making that play. And afterwards, Baker Mayfield was clocked faster than Earl Thomas on that play on next-gen stats. He <laughs> ran faster than Earl Thomas. And Earl Thomas made these excuse. He was like, I've been in this situation before and pulled a hammy trying to like catch yeah. the guy. It's not worth it. It's like, dude, you're the last line of defense. And 
Like that's kind of your job. Anyways. Like, what are you doing if you're afraid to pull? Like, you shouldn't be out there if you're so worried that you're going to pull a hammy every time you open up. I mean, I do love a division rival spending a fortune on a player like Earl Thomas that is way underperforming. I was worried about him coming into the year, where I I thought that was a really good signing because he's a freaking good player or yeah. was in his prime. Yeah, and so far, he's had very little impact, and if if he's not able to open up without pulling a hammy, like, forget it. Like, I mean, the I'm Seahawks not, haven't made care. that many bad decisions of late, and they decided it was fine to let him walk. So, so I just think, something. and not only that, so the secondary what, hasn't been playing up to what they expected to. And I thought it was interesting, actually, coming into this game. Like, the way I looked at it is that the front seven of their defense, now that they no longer have C.J. Mosley, they no longer have um, Terrell Suggs. Like, the the meat and the heart of that defense is completely gone. And there's no, there's no threat in that front seven that, like, concerns me. And they've got some experience up front, but they were missing Brandon Williams, for instance, this week which I think hurt them significantly in run defense. Which, did you hear what Harbaugh had to say about that? About Brandon Williams? He he was like a late scratch. He showed up on the injury report on Saturday, and he said it wasn't an injury. It was a flare-up of a situation. It was like, makes me wonder if he has like gout or something. (laughs) It's like, I I don't make light of gout though, Matthew. I mean, that's a serious, that is a serious thing. I'm not, but it's like, shoot it up and play through it or, or like control your diet and like not have that happen. Right. Um, a gouty flare up. I'm like, just I'm, glad he wasn't playing because <laughs> did not practice gout <laughs> crushing too many beers before the game. Yeah. Booze and red meat. Pounding those blue boys. <laughs> Couldn't get enough. <laughs> uh, but we match up nicely against them because, like, there's not a threat on that front seven. And our offensive line is our weakness. You made this point, I think, more than I did, and I completely agree that if we play a team that doesn't have an, a defensive line, like, front seven threat, like, that's our chance to dominate. Well, if they don't have edge rushers, they're, I mean, they've got it's Matthew, our tackles Matthew so Judon and whatever, Tim Williams and whoever. Pernell McPhee they have yeah, back now. Pernell yeah, Pernell McPhee back on the other side. Neither of None of those guys really strike fear or are going to win one-on-one on a consistent basis. That's our recipe for success against the defense. You can have as big a bodies as you want in the center. We can handle it. And I never you looked at with, Chris Hubbard one time in this game and thought, oh, what are you doing? Like, right. th- he was a non-factor. He like, didn't have any issues. That was phenomenal. Yeah, because he's, he's matched up against a similar talent. Like he he's able to handle that. It's it's when he gets a a, a TJ Watt or some some of the other players that we we faced thus far that it becomes an issue. Yeah, Robinson was solid too. I mean, the only penalties I recall were actually on Cush. I think in this in this game. Yeah, Cush had a false start. I think he also did. He have a holding he penalty. Had a holding penalty too. Yeah. yeah, he also we. We're so close to striking it big on some of these some of these screen passes to Nick Chubb. I, I get so fed up when the Chubb offensive lineman that one. Well, Chubb dropped that one, um, which was right after the the OBJ. No, no, it wasn't. The Chubb drop was near the red zone right before the end of the half. 
Um, on these screen passes, I get so fed up when the offensive line does not take the first guy that they have there to block. They they look downfield and look to go upfield. They're like horses with blinders on. Yeah. Just like looking and, like at a, down a barrel. And the guy that they don't block comes and makes a tackle. Because they're and, so much quicker than them. They yeah, just slip through. What and, could have been an easy 15-yard gain ends up being a 5-yard gain because the offensive line is looking to make it a 45-yard gain. And it yeah. kills me. Well, I mean, how often have you seen an offensive lineman block someone that was an important block more than 10 yards down the field? It never happens because the happens. running back's going to pass you. Yeah, he's gone already. It's so funny to me. Um, um, so on that front, though, we tried so many screens in that Rams game that did not work. Literally only one of our screens worked the entire game, and all of our screens worked just about, except for the one that got dropped in this past game. And it made a huge difference. Like We just had a nice mix of plays between throwing downfield, running the ball, throwing screens, little shovel passes, and a couple gadget plays here and there. Like The Ravens were off balance the entire time, and it was awesome. Our offense was so effective. The only three and out we had all day was our first possession. We went three and out, and the rest of the day we drove down the field the whole time. And we ended up with 530 yards. Like, that hasn't happened in, like, 15 years for the Cleveland Browns. It's the most yards the Ravens have given up in franchise history. I mean... Really? It didn't feel like that much, but when you rewatch... I rewatched the game today, and it's like, First or second. I I saw something there today. It might have been the second most. Something like that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Let's go with It's close. It's in the top 100. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Nick Chubb went absolutely off in this game. He had three touchdowns, 165 yards, 20 carries, including that 88-yard long. That was a quick answer right after the Ravens scored that touchdown. Well-timed. Well-timed. But, like, when you rewatch the game, it's like, holy crap. Like, there weren't, aside from that spectacular 88-yard run, and I guess the Ricky Seals-Jones, like, long play, and the Jarvis Landry is probably the other big play where he's, like, stumbling down the field the whole time. Uh, <laughs> he fell. That was incredible. He, he, he fell, fell the whole tw- way. He but, fell for 25 yards. Can we, can we talk about this real quick? I want, I want to raise the question. So Jarvis, <laughs> Jarvis started stumbling because he was contacted by a defender. Yes. He stumbled for 40 yards. <laughs> when he fell, they did not blow the play dead. I feel like he should have been down by contact. <laughs> Because it was the defender's contact that caused him to go to the ground. There's got to be like a statute of limitations there. <laughs> yeah, <or something>. like <laughs> a, Ten yards or something at least. Like it's been too like, long. Where is that line drawn? <laughs> is, it a period, is it a time? Is it a period of time? Yeah, yeah. Or is it a number of yards? Like what's the... Three seconds after you're hit, if you're still up, does not count as down by contact. Just reset. I, I, you I need really to be touched w- again. I really wonder if there's actually a rule for that. Like, do you have to like make a football move in between? If you're just like stumbling the whole time, you've never re. I don't know. We gotta get a. We gotta get an NFL ref on the pod. I have so many questions I want to ask. Well, didn't you run into one golfing the other I day? I did. Matthew? It's the. It's one of my biggest regrets in my yeah. life to not, get not him securing on the pod. contact yeah. information. We, we could ask pressing questions like these. Yes, <laughs> the important question. <laughs> would Jarvis be down by contact 40 yards down the field? Check out this play. For me. Um, final thing I want to hit on on this game yeah. is we finished in the fourth quarter. 
that we did. Like, so f- we came into this game with the worst point differential in the fourth quarter in the NFL. And we talked about it on the pod last week where we just need to finish these games. We're in these games going into the fourth quarter, and we crap it away. This week, one of the first plays of the fourth quarter, Nick Chubb, 88 yards or whatever it was, touchdown. First fourth quarter points of the year for the Browns. We scored again in the fourth quarter this game. In the NFL, teams are good, and you're going to be in close games. You have to be able to finish in order to win. And we did that this week. And to me, that was the difference, was we played well, but we finished in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and our defense continues to play phenomenally. Like, in the national media, the no one is taking note of the fact that our starting – secondary is out oh no like cares. no one's paying any attention to that like if that was going on on some of these other like marquee teams i just feel like that would be the storyline and it's hardly even being discussed three of our starting four secondary players have been out for the last two weeks and it doesn't sound like our corners are coming back that's next crazy. week oh my goodness Did they which next week their hamstrings like what in the same practice? together yeah like what were they doing yeah, is it a Gardner Minshew situation? They're trying to get like a, a medical redshirt. All right, we're just gonna. All right, trainer, come here. We're gonna stretch Bash. the shit out of this. Bash our hands with a. What did you say it was? Did you tell that story on the podcast or was that? I no. no, I don't think you did. I've never heard Go, it. So. No. Uh, Gardner Minshew was asked in an interview. Was just talking about whatever, and he was talking about when he transferred to ECU from, from a junior college, and he wasn't expected to play. He ended up having to play because of an injury, um, and then the starter came back, and he was very concerned that he was going to burn a year of eligibility. So he, he looked at ways which he could recoup that, and the only way he could figure it out was that he could get a medical red shirt if he would get an injury that would keep him from playing. So he grabbed a bottle of Jack Daniels and a hammer, and went into the back room of his house, took a took a bunch of swigs, and then just tried to beat the shit out of his throwing hand with a hammer. <laughs> Ended up not being able to break his throwing hand, and so played the rest of the season with a like beat to hell hand. Ended up telling his coaches that he slammed it in a car door because <laughs> it was all swollen and black and blue. That's how the legend continues. Garner Minshew. What a man. Can you imagine smashing your hand with a hammer? Which also, like, like no judgment. I I don't have the the balls to break my own hand with a hammer. But, like, if you want to break your hand with a hammer, like... You gotta commit. Well, I mean, that guy has... You can do it, right? (laughs) Like, it's not like, oh, my bones wouldn't break. It's like, no, you're not hitting it hard enough. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's... Yeah, you're absolutely right. He definitely pussied out on that. Oh, oh yeah, and it's like, which is a no strange, ju- a no strange ju- thing to say <laughs> no for man. someone who has the competitive drive. Yes. so much he wants to play yeah. that he's willing to break his yeah. own hand. Yeah. I'm not judging you here because you you are the one with a bottle of Jack Daniels and a hammer in your hand trying to break your own hand, but you couldn't do it. You couldn't you couldn't pull through. Jarvis Landry had an incredible game. It seemingly when Odell Beckham isn't getting the catches um jarvis stepped up he had 167 yards uh that 65 yard long long reception where he ran stumbled all the way down the field 10 targets um compared to obj's seven 
Um, it seems like, especially with Antonio Callaway coming back this next week, uh, depending on what's going on, Jarvis Landry went out of the game with a concussion towards the end of that game. It's going to be nice to have Antonio Callaway back in our wide receiver room. Rashard Higgins, hopefully, too. Yes. Well, I'm really interested to see how Callaway comes into this wide receiver court. It'll be great to have somebody who can take the top off a of defense. The s- stretching it. And another person who you can put in the slot or like can you just run up the seam and catch something and be gone. Yeah. Like we don't have anybody yeah. else that can just like catch that ball and take it to the house. Because having a guy who can take a top off the defense, like that pushes the safeties back. They have to honor it. You know, it's going to open it up for OBJ and, and Jarvis. Ratley's fast as is all get out, but I don't know that teams like give him that respect right now. Where you run a clear out route with Callaway, suddenly you have open space underneath for Jarvis and OBJ. Yep. So um, all of those things are going to be so great. Before we completely move on from this game. Um, I do have to say that I'm like somewhat frightened by the potential of Lamar Jackson. That guy, like, I think we played him how we had to, and it feels like we got a bad Lamar Jackson, but he was 24 of 34, 250 yards, three touchdowns. And two picks. I, and he, he had two picks, which is, you know, the One bad of them part. It was questionably a fumble. Yes. Might have been a fumble. And and the other pick was that crazy whitehead yeah. pick. Over the top where he like mo- yeah. And but he also I can't, missed and a there bunch was, of throws. He, he did. He did. But like there were also about four or five different plays where he just made defenders look silly trying to chase him. And he single handedly moved the chains just because of how athletic he is. And I felt like the Browns played him about as well as I could have hoped, and he still put up these kind of numbers. I mean, I was just like... He had 66 yards rushing. Looking down the line, knowing we're probably going to be playing him as long as his body doesn't break for a long period of time. I'm only worried about him for two or three years. Because of what? Because I don't think he can do this long term. I I mean, he's built like Matthew. Like, he's going to get torn to pieces. No, he's not as tall as Matthew is. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. He's not... But he's not big. And, I mean, when have you ever seen a quarterback run as often as he does the size that he is? He's smart, though. I really do feel like if you you get down and, like, he just, like, takes a little quick sidestep and people just whiff. Like, he didn't take maybe one decent hit all day. There was a couple where he took when he had to, but it'll it'll catch up to him. It will, but he does a good job of avoiding contact, too. He'll lose a step. Like, I'm not that worried about like a 28 29 year old Lamar Jackson he'll look a lot different maybe he's a much better passer and and he's using that athleticism to to open up passing lines and we definitely benefited from him missing some throws I mean like that one sideline catch where the guy's toe came out of bounds like if that had just been a better throw that's a terrible throw they would have been moving the chains and they're scoring on that drive instead of punting. I mean, that's a huge difference on that particular play. There was a third down where he just put the ball in the dirt. There was that fourth down conversion that they tried to go for late in the game. Misread. That was the miscommunication between him and Mark Andrews. And like those three plays are huge, huge, huge swing plays in the outcome of the game. Um, No, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, your point's well-founded. 
there's going to be Baker versus Lamar for a very long time. Lamar's not going anywhere in Baltimore, and this isn't the end yeah. of it. And he's going to be a terror. He's going to be a terror. He's going to fly outside the pocket, and he is so fast. It's crazy how like quick and shifty he is, too. Man. It's going to be brutal. Um, but we got the best of him this week. Um, Baker has the advantage, doesn't he? Two and one? Or Baker didn't play in the first game we played against the Ravens? I don't last think year. that was week two. Uh, last year. Baker Baker now has three three hundred yard games against the Ravens. Okay. Yeah, no, Baker All played right, both so games. He won the first one. It was a slow scoring game. Yeah, it was it was like twelve to nine. Week Seventeen. All right. Well, we are two and two. Um, we are heading to Monday Night Football against the 49ers. The three and 49ers, right? Yeah. They had a bye week this week, but they are undefeated still. One of the few remaining undefeated teams in the NFL. Uh, another primetime game. What What do you guys think are going to be the keys to this matchup? Um, where can we – can our defense stand up against this Kyle Shanahan offense? Yes, I think so. And I actually think the schedule has kind of fallen favorably to us here because the Kyle Shanahan offense is – similar to the Sean McVay offense because Sean McVay learned it from Kyle Shanahan. And so we got to see that two weeks ago, or last week, and we get to see a variant of it again this week. And you're getting to see kind of the the same thing over and over again, so the preparation overlaps. I think we're going to be as prepared as we can be to to see this like play-action, pre-snap motion kind of West Coast offense that that he runs. Yeah, I mean they've played the Bucks in Week One, who the Bucks like at this current moment have um, some glimmer to them, but had, did not play real well yeah. in the first three weeks. They played the Bengals, who are getting trounced by the Steelers right now on Monday Night Football. Bengals are no good, and they played the Steelers and squeaked one out in Last Week Three. Week. So, like, their schedule has – they have not been playing great teams, but they, they've won all of their games. They turned the ball over five times against the Steelers and still won. Jimmy G That speaks poorly been, of both teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah congrats. Sure. Jimmy G has not been good this year. And, like, any Jimmy G, like, believer – has been talking about how worried they are about the future of Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFL. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to be one of those situations where you want to force him to beat us. You don't want to lose the game on the ground. Um, They have that zone blocking running scheme that I think they rely on more than the Rams do, particularly this year. The Rams aren't running the ball. Right. I mean, just yesterday... Jared Goff threw 68 passes. And um, Gurley had six attempts rushing. He only had six attempts. Crazy. Um, So, I, you know, their skill position talent, I mean, their best player on offense is George Kittle by far. By far. And then they have a bunch of receivers that are kind of in that same, like, wide receiver two type tier. I mean... They've got Debo Samuel, who's looked fairly good. They have um, Marquise, Marquise Goodwin, who's pretty good. Dante Pettis. They have Dante Pettis. And they're all kind of like, 
you know, not huge physical specimens, but they all can like do a lot after the catch. They kind of all fit in the Antonio Callaway type mold of a wide receiver, is how I would describe them. Yeah, Debo Debo is a much different player. With a Debo is more of a, a, a DJ Moore type, big body running back. I don't know. I build. think Antonio Callaway is like Doesn't that fly. with just a few pounds less. Well, they also have Jalen Hurd, definitely a big body. He's running not back healthy type. though. He's, not he's been hurt, though. hadn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He um, yeah. So their their offense doesn't sh- strike fear in you from a name standpoint. And their offensive They're, line isn't fantastic either. And Joe Staley's hurt. So he's, like, hopefully the defensive line can feast, and that should like help us control the game, particularly if we still are dealing with these secondary injuries that it looks like we're going to be f- stuck with yeah, for a bit. For sure. I'll, I'll be honest, though. I'm concerned about their defensive front four specifically those guys are I mean, good they've got all of those former first round picks in eric armstead solomon thomas deforest buckner and then they add to that they brought d ford over from the chiefs who i'm not a huge d ford believer but he's a good speed rusher and then nick bosa the number two overall pick last year's draft that is a ridiculous front four to be able to cycle through i'm worried about what nick bosa and d ford do to our tackles yeah, that's about the only position group that I'm really worried about because you look at their secondary, there's nothing. I, Richard Sherman's lost at least two, maybe three steps since his time in Seattle, and the rest of their secondary um, doesn't really terrify me. I think we win that matchup battle, our wide receivers versus their secondary, but that is certainly a concern is our offensive line against their front seven. Um, what, do you, what do you think, Michael? you think we can pull this game out on Monday night? Uh, we play well on the road. Undefeated 49ers. It does stink that we're playing them off, coming off their bye week. They've got extra time to prepare for us. But, like, honestly, we have more talent than they do. Yeah. Like, I, it, I genuinely feel that we have more talent than they do. And it's early in the season. You, you don't know teams, like, tendencies that much yet. And so um, I hope so. I, the thing that I think is going to dictate it more than anything is can the Browns continue this momentum on offense? And if we can kind of stay in the same groove and ride this momentum we like started here in this Ravens game, I think we definitely can win. But um, I think that's the biggest factor. Um, we didn't give our offensive line as much credit as they probably deserved in talking about this last game. So talking about that defensive front, and the matchup with the our offensive line is is a key a key battle throughout the game. I think is going to be. I mean, we're we're always going to struggle on the outside with the tackles. They're just not the top tier level talent tackles. So, um, but it seems like Hubbard's going to be around. I think that's definitely better than the alternative. And here we go. Let's make it happen. Monday Night Football. It's going to be exciting. Twice in one season, man. I know. It's crazy. Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Monday. Football. Everybody's watching the Browns now. Let's this hope is we our last primetime game for a while, right? Yeah, until Thursday night against the Steelers, like at the end of the season. Pretty we, sure. Something might get flexed later, but um, our schedule sucks so bad at the end of the season. I don't know which game that would be. Yeah, it's like week nine against the Steelers. Week 10. I'm all for the noon kickoff games. That's just, it feels like home. Michael, you said that. Yeah, it feels yesterday. so much more comfortable. Yeah, it's like, it's that's how I that's how it should be. Yeah. Um, I get all nervous, this nervous energy whenever I know everyone's watching. I don't know. I get, 
I actually don't. That's not the way I react. I get more like nervous and worked up during those like afternoon games. I don't know. It's weird. I have a I I experience the game in a much different manner when we're playing in the afternoon versus playing in prime time. It's very odd. So every single week on the podcast, we pick the lines of all the primetime games um, and we pick the Browns game. So we pick the Thursday night game. We pick the Sunday night game and we record on Monday night. So we don't pick the Monday night game, but we are this year because, or this week because it's the Browns. So Michael's keeping track of all of our records. Um, Michael has won the past two years and he's always going to bring that up. Uh, Are you winning right now, Michael? Hmm. Had a good week last week. No, is the answer. I had a good week last week, so yeah. we're gonna ride that momentum. Um, Matthew's winning. He's a few games ahead, but it's early, so we're not gonna dwell on that. Um, let's just jump into it though. Thursday, we got a good slate here this week again. The Rams are headed to Seattle, and the Seahawks are favored by one. Rams coming off this like high-scoring loss to the Buccaneers. Seattle Rams bad. They got behind 21-0, and then they jumped back in it. Man, just beaten and battered after playing the Browns. Guess couldn't, so. Couldn't muster the strength. Guess so. <laughs> they gave it everything they had. But Squeak. playing in Seattle uh, with the Seahawks favored by one, Matthew, since you're the leader in the clubhouse, we'll let you make this pick. The Rams don't look like the Rams right now. They're... The offense doesn't look the same. They're they are not running the football. The last two years they have been a run first offense. Um, Jared Goff has looked great on play action. They're turning him trying to turn him into a pocket passer. He has not looked good. I see Seattle's a really tough place to play, especially in primetime at night. I feel like that place is gonna be rocking. Division game. I'm going Seattle. Okay. Mark. This is a hard game to pick. Yeah, it really is. I don't think I'm going to feel comfortable if I go either way. Yeah, I, I, I'm i really, it's a toss-up for me. Um, and because I'm trying to gain ground or dig myself in a deeper hole, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, I, I agree with Matthew's assessment that I don't think the Rams have looked good. They didn't look good last week. And quite frankly, I don't think they looked that good against us. I mean, we blew coverages left and right. We had every opportunity to win that game. Um, they are not the Rams that they were last season. Um, so I'm very torn, but I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make. Trying to make money. Yeah. To so the wall. my thing on this. So when I have a game that I feel so uncomfortable about, I look at coaching. I look at quarterback, and I look at home field advantage. All three of those things at the moment lean in favor of the Seahawks. I coaching, coaching. I would probably put them on the same tier, but I think Pete's been doing this a little bit longer than McVeigh has. I mean, Pete's been doing it since McVeigh was like in diapers. So I I think I'm gonna give Seattle the edge there. Do Quarterback, it. it's a no brainer. And then the home field advantage, and it's only a one point line. Basically you're saying is Seattle gonna win the game or not? It's pretty much a pick'em. I don't feel great about it because I actually do think the Rams are more talented, but they're just not playing up to their talent level at the moment. And so I'm going to go with Seattle as well. 
which brings us to the Sunday night game, which is Indy at KC. The line on this, wild. 10 and a half points the Chiefs are favored by. I'm going to just go ahead and jump in. I'm taking the Colts just because I think that line's too high. But we know how many points the Colts can put up in a heartbeat. Like It's just a flick of Patrick Mahomes' wrist to you get another seven point. The Chiefs. It's just a flick of Mahomes' wrist to get another seven points, it seems. And it could happen in a heartbeat. So... Maybe the line isn't crazy, but I still like how well coached Indiana is or Indianapolis is. I I've got to take take that side. Matthew, I think the Colts are a really really well coached team. Frank Reich is a really good coach. That's they, what I just said. They don't get blown out, um, so it's hard for me to justify going going Kansas City here. Um, I gotta go to Colts and just take the points. It's a lot of points. Oh man! I don't like that. I can't make up ground on you when you pick the same things as me, though. That's that's no good. <laughs> he could do that the whole year and definitely win. It's but you want to have a positive. <laughs> you want to have a positive. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. You should, Matthew, and then I'll squeak by and win at the end. No, I'll never let him always pick behind me so i'll always give myself the opportunity to pick something other than what he did i um i hate this going last because i was also going to say the colts because 10 and a half points is absurd and the colts have they haven't been bad this year i mean by any stretch of the imagination obviously andrew luck being gone but jacoby Brissett has stepped up and he's looked like a very very serviceable starting quarterback um he looks comfortable in the pocket he looks like he knows what he's doing um sitting back there and learning for a couple of years has really done him well. Um, let's go to the Chiefs. He's going to do it. He's trying to make up ground, ladies and gentlemen. Mark is in last place at the moment, just one game behind me, uh, but a handful behind Matthew. Hey, so he's, he's got to make, make it happen. Um, you should feel good. Cheering for the Chiefs to That's cover fun. any number of points is pretty pretty comfortable. It's reasonable. They could win by 10, though, and that would be not absurd. Yeah. And a normal and still a hearty win for the Chiefs, and I would still lose. Yep. So last game, Monday Night Football, Cleveland Browns headed to San Francisco to play at Levi's Stadium against the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers at 3-0 and are favored by 3.5 points. Coon brothers have picked the Browns all the way through, except for Matthew picking the Rams a few weeks ago. Traitor. Um, I'm not going to move. Got the result. I have stated that as long as the Browns continue on their trend offensively, they will um, be in position to win this game, and I think they will. And so I definitely like the fact that we have a few points to deal with here, even if that is not true, because talent-wise, we're better than the, the Niners. We are playing in their home stadium, but guess what? We're 2-0 and on the road so far this year. I like our chances. Let's go Browns. Mark. Um, to echo your sentiment about the Browns being more talented than the 49ers, I think the only thing I'm worried about with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's offense is their zone blocking scheme. I remember whenever Shanahan was our offensive coordinator, Isaiah Crowell looked like one of the best running backs in the entire NFL um, wide open holes all the way, but the Browns' defense has been fantastic against the run this year so far. We stifled the Ravens 
last week in comparison to their other offensive running performances. Um, they averaged like six yards a carry. I don't think we stifled them. But Mark Ingram had Mark Ingram had like seventy yards rushing compared to his like hundred and fifty that he's had every other game. It felt more like a game script thing. Uh, I felt like we were yeah. letting them go up. Yeah. Like it was it oh, was yeah. it was no, I'll, I'll, I felt like we were in control of the game. I, yeah. but yeah. I feel very confident in our ability to stop the run, and so I'm not concerned. I'm gonna go with the Browns. Okay. Also, who is San Francisco running with? I mean, Matt they're Burita. they're running out like I mean, Matt Breida and Mostert and mm-hmm. like whatever. I'm I'm not yeah. terribly concerned about which was either their offensive line or the talent level at the running back. Well, which was exactly my point. It's the offensive scheme. It's Kyle Shanahan's zone run yeah. scheme. Isaiah Crowell was great whenever he was running that scheme in Cleveland. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Browns are actually a better team than the 49ers. If the Browns played the 49ers schedule, we would be. Th- three now through three weeks too. So the fact that the 49ers are not only getting the home field advantage three points, but actually getting another half point is somewhat insulting to me. So I'm taking the Browns. Clean sweep from the Coon brothers. Me and Matthew have the same picks going in this week. <laughs> I'll be guaranteed to have a three, maybe four game lead. What is it? Hey, Mark, Mark could, you know, pick up two games and you would have a, you're guaranteed to have a two-point, two-game lead. And I don't hate the teams I'm picking. I'm picking the Rams and the Chiefs. We'll see. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you guys. Be sure to tell a friend about the podcast if you appreciate it. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sin of Our Fathers. Uh, send us an email, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. And most of all, if you're going to the game this week in San Francisco, cheer loud. Show your brown and orange. Show that you matter. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Browns. Go Browns. Thank you.